Today on Recur Now, a $1 billion mistake. Plus, how VC firms are keeping mental health in mind. And we wrap with your guide to the software ecosystem. All this and more, as always, today on Recur Now. From ProfitWells Boston HQ, it is Thursday, February 20th. I'm Abby Sullivan. I'm James Herrick. And I'm Grace Gagnon. It's a beautiful day to subscribe. Up first, your news. Today, we are throwing it right back to one of our very favorite pieces by a multi-founder, Heaton Shaw. For context, Heaton has had a huge impact on several companies in the SaaS space. You know, think FYI, Product Habits, Kissmetrics, Crazy Egg. But being this successful has its obstacles, and he, like us, is not immune to mistakes. My very favorite piece of Heaton's is actually called My Billion Dollar Mistake. This is a good one, so let's tell our listeners what it's all about. It's a piece that may be tough to read for some in the C-suite or founder realm, but it's also one I think is super important to heed because it hugely revolves around humility. In it, Heaton outlines his dedicated attempts at product and how, when he finally felt he nailed it with his SaaS offering, Kiss Metrics, he dropped what he calls a Heaton bomb and he blew it all up. We had a billion dollar opportunity sitting right in front of us, he says. Without a shred of doubt, I believe we could have turned Kissmetrics into a billion dollar startup. It was ours to lose, and that's exactly what we did. We lost it. But how? Heaton blames what he calls Heaton bombs, which were something that happened often daily. These bombs would entail some new big idea, some pivoting direction, a brilliant thing he came up with, something the team absolutely had to do right that second. A new feature, a competitor-inspired creation, you name it. And although he did not realize it at the time, to his team, the barrage of random ideas seemed like they were coming completely out of left field, and ultimately they never moved the needle. His team actually started referencing Heaton bombs openly and eventually his head of product wrote an internal memo to the whole company where he described exactly what a Heaton bomb was and how it was impacting the team. And that's what it took for Heaton to change. Months and months of frustrated team members, countless wasted hours working on things that didn't matter, competitors getting ahead, and customers leaving as a result. He knew this wasn't what great leadership is. Great leaders are consistent, they help provide a direction, and they get the team focused on doing what's best for the business at all times. So Kissmetrics competitors ultimately won out, and although Heaton says he lost what he calls a billion-dollar opportunity, he's learned inherently to nail it moving forward. And he's all the best for that failure, and that's exactly why he's sharing it with you. So be sure to check out the piece in its entirety. We will link to it in your subscriber newsletter because Heaton's wrap-up statement is even better than the story itself. A big part of his takeaway, Heaton says he's learned that the key to driving growth on product is to create product processes that produce repeatable wins. Not one win, not two wins, but wins that can take you through months, years, or even decades. The winning product process is based on continuous innovation. It's based on focus and planning, continuous unbiased research, and goal-focused development. Building product the right way takes work up front, but if you put in the work, you'll be rewarded each and every time you sit down and look at those metrics. A bit more with Heaton later in this episode. And now, the VC firms that are keeping mental health at top of mind. We've talked about founder mental health on this show several times before, fully aware that it's just not spoken of enough, but it's ever apparent. We're relieved, though, to see the crew at Crunchbase and these venture capitalists are bringing it to light. One story we're particularly digging is that of Sarah Gaines, founder of the Y Society, which is a Boston-based platform for women professionals. She ended the Y Society back in December to become a life coach for entrepreneurs as a side gig. 
Gaines told Crunchbase News, I want to help mission-based entrepreneurs find more joy, more time, and more clarity so they can show up for themselves. But does Sarah think people like her or other mindfulness professionals will ever be a part of a suite of services across more VC firms? She says, for VCs, it's such a fast-paced, you-need-to-get-shit-done environment, and that is the opposite of meditation and mindfulness. She continued, it's going to be a VC-by-VC basis and needs someone in the company who is really passionate about it becoming a benefit. And we encourage you, too, to become passionate about it. So we'll send a link to the full story in your subscriber newsletter so you can check out all the stories of mastering that mindfulness in the professional space. Now let's get back to basics, shall we? Our neighbor and AppQ's co-founder and CPO, Jonathan Kim, drops a piece on their blog that's all about defining the software ecosystem. What is the difference between a tool and a platform? And are platforms and ecosystems the same thing? That's what the blog is asking. In it, he breaks down the difference between products, tools, platforms, and ecosystems. To start with, tools and platforms are both software products, with tools being the simpler of the two types. If you were to put these in order from a technical and conceptual complexity, it would go products, which is a tool or platform, then ecosystem. He then gives examples and further definitions for each, which you can check out for yourself in the subscriber newsletter that we'll link to. But why does it all matter, you ask? The average mid-sized business uses over 150 different software products, according to Blissfully's 2019 annual SaaS Trends Report. It's just no longer possible to build a single SaaS solution that can handle all the evolving needs of a modern company, Jonathan says. And I quote, most software companies have figured this out, which is why smart companies are thinking beyond single products or platforms. The future of SaaS is all about building integrated ecosystems that deliver more valuable, efficient, connected user experiences, end quote. And that is it for your February 20th news. Up next, Grace does some defining for herself in an all-new recurring rhetoric. Grace here with your healthy dose of recurring rhetoric. Today, I'm breaking down predatory pricing, a pricing method in which a seller sets a price so low that other suppliers cannot compete and are forced to exit the market. Some common instances of predatory pricing are when companies sell below a price floor, sell to push a competitor out of business, or sell to become a monopoly. This is not good and even banned in some places because it's considered a violation of competition. Companies who turn to predatory pricing tactics can even spark a price war. Definitely not recommended, but something to always be on the lookout for, especially as consumers. A side note, predatory pricing is different than competitive pricing because with competitive pricing, both companies test pricing strategies without creating an unfair market advantage. And that's a wrap on predatory pricing. For more SaaS pricing and subscription terms, head to priceintelligently.com forward slash dictionary. And finally, a teaser for Tradeoffs, a show for the product people, starring none other than Patrick Campbell and Heaton Shaw themselves. So what about Tradeoffs? Profit Well and Product Habits present Tradeoffs, where product leaders Patrick Campbell and Heaton Shaw join go-to-market and product forces to uncover the biggest trade-offs of industry players like Netflix, Evernote, Spotify, Black, Kanye West. With data... Wow. This is huge. 86%. 86% said yes. With insight. As a product manager, if I have this data and I have this information now, what are your business constraints? All the streaming services, they have this licensing issue. A show for product people about the products you know and the insights you don't. 
And that's it for your February 20th episode of Recur Now. Tomorrow, we're doing it all over again. This has been a Recur Studios production, the fastest growing subscription network out there. If you find use for this show, subscribe for more like it at profwell.com slash recur.